Thank you for listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. If you're in the greater Boston area and are wanting to grow in your walk with God, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information about our service times. Every year, Christmas at IFC has been a favorite tradition, and this year is no different. There will be something for the whole family to enjoy. We'll start the celebration on Sunday, December 23rd, with a memorable Christmas worship experience and inspiring message from our lead pastor, Jonathan Del Turco, at our normal service times. But the celebration won't stop there. We'll continue on Monday, December 24th at both 4 and 5.30 for our annual candlelight service. We'll see you on Sunday, December 23rd at 8.45, 10.30, and 12.15, and Monday, December 24th at 4 and 5.30. Now here's today's message. Are you ready for God's Word today? Come on, let's pray together. Father, thank you for that name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Man, we never get tired of mentioning that name. It just brings joy to our hearts and peace to our hearts and hope to our hearts. And we're grateful for your your goodness and your loving kindness. And we believe we're about to hear something that will help us. Something, Father God, practical, something we can immediately apply to our lives, something that will give us strategy, answer our questions. And we just believe with all of our hearts that you will allow your word, Lord, to, to, to infiltrate our hearts and minds and we'll hear it just the way we need to. Somebody will hear one thing on one side and somebody will also hear something totally different that will challenge them and affect their lives for the good today. So we'll be careful to give you all the honor and all the glory for what you're about to do in our midst. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Welcome to part two in our series, Love Has a Name. Love has a name. What a great subject matter that we're dealing with today. Love has a name. Most people project that Christmas, this Christmas season, is a merry Christmas, you know, merry ho-ho-ho joyful time. And in many cases, it is in many of your lives a joyful time. But that's not for everyone. There are still others who it's everything but a joyful time. Especially during this season, they, they deal with a lot of chaos and lack and, and anxiety and health issues and loneliness. And that's just to mention a few. And it makes us feel very vulnerable. Nobody likes feeling vulnerable. Vulnerability is not necessarily one of the human's assets, especially when we're challenged, and especially when we feel exposed to the elements and exposed to all the family drama and all the challenges of life. And vulnerability is not something that we enjoy experiencing because it makes us feel uh, in a place where we're just not sure. And, and, And we don't walk in great confidence and we feel very unsettled. Well, in the middle of all this, all that the world can dish out. Thank God a gift was given to us over 2,000 years ago. Amen. The great thing about this gift is it's still in style. Very few people ever return this gift. And it's a gift more important than ever on the face of the earth today. And thank God for Jesus today, right? Thank God for Jesus. He is truly the ultimate gift love gift. There's no doubt about it. But Jesus himself gave us the perfect gift. Maybe you're in search this Christmas season of the perfect gift, right? Anybody ever agonize over getting the perfect gift for your husband or your wife, especially you husbands? I mean, right, we kind of go through it sometimes, not showing what to get or that person who seems to have everything. And, but you want the right color and the right size diamond. Amen. 
Right, ladies? <laughs> the right size diamond. Whatever it is, you want that perfect gift. Well, the good news is there is a perfect gift. It really is perfect. And John chapter 14 describes this perfect gift. It says this, Jesus speaking, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled and afraid. See, Jesus knew that we'd have plenty of opportunities for distractions, plenty of opportunities on a regular basis that would create conflict in our lives, in our families, and, and it causing us to be unsettled and agitated. And that's what it means to be troubled. It means you're unsettled, you're agitated. And we've all been troubled. We've all had a, a sense of agitation in our lives, and it's sure not fun. Now, here's an important lesson I want to introduce right here in the beginning of this message. Listen very carefully. It's not what happens around you or even what happens to you, but rather what happens in you that matters most. Now, let that sink in for a moment. Let's read that again. And, and you might want to write that down or take a picture of it because it's just so important today. It's not what happens around you or even what happens to you but rather what happens in you that matters most. Amen. Now, I get it. I get the fact that, that we're all moved by things that happen around us. Just look at the news and world news and local news. And man, we get moved by the things that are around us, that happen around us. And all the more we get moved by what happens to us and the things that hurt and the things people say and the unkind things that people do. And, and I get why we're moved by all that. I get why that really discourages us and distracts us and, and so forth. I get it. But you need to understand something, that even though there'll be plenty of crazy things that happen around us, and even though there are plenty of opportunities for unexpected things to happen to us, both of which are distractions and both of which pale in comparison to what God wants to do in you. Listen, it only makes sense if God wants to do something powerful in you, don't you think the enemy of your soul would much rather you pay attention to all the stuff out here? Because if you spend all your time being moved by all the drama out here, you're going to miss the thing that happens in here that makes you stable and strong and settled so the stuff out here doesn't blow you away all the time. See, we all have that area of weakness in our life where it seems like every time it comes across our path, we mess up. Yours might be different than mine, and mine's different than yours, but it never fails. There's something, someone, something said, some button that gets pushed, right? Something that happens that causes us to rise up and kind of change what really is us, but it makes us angry and emotional and offended, and, and it hurts us, and it pains us, and we all have those things. What's yours? But it never fails. Those things come. And they really do. As much as they are not good for us, they pale in comparison to the work God wants to do in you. God wants to do a work in you today. He does. Now, I get the emotional part, side of this. I'm Italian. Don't mess with my emotions. Right? I, I got to use my hands. I, I'm passionate, right? I, I, it's just in my blood. It's in my, it's in my DNA. 
right? Like it's in your DNA. But I've had to make a point of knowing that that's true, that I've had to allow this work of God's grace inside of me so I'm not moved as much as I used to be about the outside things or the arrows that try to pierce my soul. That's a good word. Let me remind you of our big takeaway for this series. Here's the one main point I want you to go home with. When life becomes crazy and chaotic to you, what or who do you turn to? Last week we talked about hope. We talked about hopelessness. We talked about the different kinds of hope, and we settled on the most important kind, certain hope. And today I want to talk to you about the power of peace. The power of peace. My favorite Old Testament Christmas scripture is actually a prophecy that Isaiah spoke um, uh, regarding Jesus 700 years before Jesus was born. It's found in Isaiah chapter 9, and we're all familiar with this verse. It's very familiar that we, we repeat this often during the holiday season, but it's a good scripture all year round. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. I need one of those. Mighty God. I need one of those. Everlasting Father, sure need that, but today we're going to talk about Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Amen. The Hebrew for Prince of Peace is actually two words, Shar Shalom, S-A-R, Shar Shalom. Shar is where we get the English word for prince. Shar literally means, it literally means the one in charge, prince, lord, chief, general. The Romans turned the word Shar into Tsar and eventually turned that word into Caesar, same meaning ruler, lord, one in charge. Now, most of us are more familiar with the word Shalom. It's a typical Jewish greeting, one that most of us would have probably heard over our years. It's an amazing word, but when you really understand the Hebrew word, which really in the English language, you only have one word for it, it's peace. It's a great word, but doesn't necessarily paint the picture that we need to understand. That's what's beautiful about the Hebrew and the Greek. Man, it just paints so many wonderful pictures, and it's so much bigger than many of our one words that we only have to describe this word. It's a great word, and in case you're thinking I'm embellishing the importance of this word peace, let me show you here in Scripture what this word shalom means. I won't read the, the reference, but it's there. Shalom means complete well-being, good health, safety, prosperity, favor, tranquility, complete whole, needing nothing. That's powerful. I don't know about you, but I need complete well-being. How about you? I need good health. What about you? I need safety. I need prosperity. I need favor, tranquility. I want to be complete. I want to be whole. I want to get to that place where I'm needing nothing. Yes. How about you? Yeah. Amen. So shalom, wholeness, good health, fulfillment, contentment, completion, favor, prosperity, tranquility, safety, restoration, harmony, reconciliation. All these come from this one word, shalom. Man. I, I, I would say to you, I'd contend that 
Arguably, this could be one of the most important words in the Bible. It's so complete. There are many wonderful words in the Bible, but man, there's just something about the completeness of this one word. Put the two together, and Shar Shalom simply means he's the Lord of good health, he's the chief of tranquility, he's the ruler of favor, he's the general of contentment, and he's the one in charge of wholeness and completeness. Man, I want some of that. Amen. He is literally all of them wrapped up in one. Amen. Jesus is peace. He's the essence of it. He embodies it completely. It's not something he has on him or something that's in him like us. He is it. Jesus is peace and peace is Jesus. So a message about peace is a message about Jesus. And a message about Jesus is a message about peace. Amen. And listen, if you know him... If you declared him as Lord and Savior of your life and he lives inside of you, guess what you have? Peace. You have peace living inside of you. The very thing you need so desperately, the very thing you crave for, the very thing you would, you would want so you're not so vulnerable and so uh, exposed to all the elements and emotions of this world. This power lives in you. Wow. It lives in you, which makes certain verses make even more sense. Let me read a few of them to you today. Um, this verse here in John 14 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Next verse says, Psalm 4:8. in peace, I will loud lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. For you alone, meaning you'll never find it except through him. Amen. See, peace cannot be found anywhere else. Counseling tries it. Medicine tries it. Drugs and alcohol tries it. Peace treaties have tried it. None of these produce real lasting peace that transforms the soul. That transforms your emotions, that transforms your will and your intellect. Psalm 29 verse 11 says, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Why? Because he is peace. You can't give what you don't have. Jesus has it so he can give it. One last verse, Ephesians 2. Man, I love this. Amen. It says this, but now in Christ... That's us, followers of Christ. Jesus, now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. When you didn't know him, you were far away from him. When you were not a follower of Christ and doing it your way, that's describing you and me. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Man, how good that is today. All these verses and others are simply telling us it is impossible for you to have peace without a vital, authentic, genuine connection with Jesus. Amen. He possesses it all. He is it all. Amen. 
Have you ever asked anybody to define peace for you? Maybe you haven't, but I have. Always curious when somebody comes and sits down with me or some challenges going on in their life, and man, they're just in need of some supernatural hope and peace in their lives. So I'll ask them so we can all get on the same page. What is your definition of peace? Oftentimes I hear peace really is this wonderful feeling and emotion. Well, peace, the peace of God, is not a feeling, nor is it an emotion. It is so much more than that. And that's why Jesus said in our opening verse, and the peace I give you isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. The world will try to give you peace in the form of a raise, promotion, right? That great vacation, that new car, that new house, right? That baby, something you've been believing for. And so, and so the world says, well, let's, this will produce peace. And you get it and you realize, there's no peace there. Now I got more bills. Got to put gas in this thing. I got to mow the lawn, right? Now I got to do all these other things. So the world's peace is very fragile. It's based on outside circumstances. So the peace God gives us is not based on outside circumstances. Amen. Another definition people will give, it's the absence of conflict. Well, it's a noble try, but it's not true. Because you can't get rid of conflict and think you'll automatically have peace. You can go on vacation and you're in the middle of Maui, Hawaii, and paradise, and smelling all these beautiful flowers and rainbows and so forth, and laying on a beach getting all tanned and warm and, and brown, looking all good, right? And still be in conflict on the inside. Why? Because just because whether you have conflict or not does not change peace. Amen. Think of it this way. Peace is not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. Amen. Now that takes it to a whole other category, right? That takes it from right down here to up here, man. Down here where you're playing wiffle ball, up here in the pros, right? It takes you down. It's the absence of something. It's not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. When you get that someone gives you this, someone lives inside of you, someone is the one who enables you to live in a chaotic society. When you understand someone, then something can never deter you. Something, amen, could never get the best of you. Man, that's good preaching. If you want that peace, it's not a matter of getting rid of stuff. It's, it's, it's not re getting rid of something. It's receiving someone. So the purpose of this message is to personally help you understand the power of Shar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. Because if you do, peace becomes a reality. When you understand what I'm about to tell you, even more so, you're going to say, Pastor, give me a double dose of that. Oh my, I can't live without that. There's no way I want to live another day. There's no way I want to end this year or go into 2019 without this. I need this. This is vital. This is important. You're going to crave this. You're going to long this. You're going to pray very differently from this day forward. I promise you, your thoughts, your mindset about life and circumstances and feelings are going to change after today. How many believe that? Yeah. Amen. We agree in Jesus' name. All right. How do you activate the power of peace in your life? Well, here are three quick decisions you can make immediately. Number one, get under the lordship of Jesus Christ. 
get under the lordship of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? See, peace doesn't come by hoping for it, by thinking for it, or, or talking something into, talking yourself into it, or even trying to buy it. Let's understand the principle of lordship. Now, here's the real key. If you get this, you'll get peace. You'll understand how it works. You'll understand, and you'll never be robbed from it again. Back to our verse of Scripture in Isaiah 9, 6, we'll add verse 7 this time. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Listen very carefully. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. We read over that like it's just part of a Christmas verse. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. What does that mean, pastor? See, the government that's upon his shoulders, the shoulders of Jesus, is not a political government. But during the Roman soldiers' days, during the Roman occupation, right? So there are many people wanting to be delivered, Christians longing for a king to come and rule. And he would bring soldiers more mighty than the Roman Empire, and they would overthrow the Roman Empire and, and usher in a new political system and usher in a new, a new government. And that's what they were hoping for, but that was not on God's mind. That was not God's purpose. See, this government is not political. This verse is referring to the governing of our lives. The governing of our lives. We are not supposed to be running our own lives. In fact, we're not very good at it. Can we be honest? Can all you control freaks be honest this morning? You think you're good at it. And we try our best to control this and control that and her and him and, and purchases and everything else. We control so many things. We control others and ourselves. And, and we think that's really the issue. But, but you're not on God's standard. You're not on his level. I know we think we are. I know we think we need to be in control and we need to do certain things. And yes, we need to be responsible. Absolutely. I'm not saying we should live willy-nilly. Absolutely not. But that's why we should be thankful for God's involvement in our lives because we're not good at being God. We actually need God. What a concept. I like the promise that there will be no end to the increase of his government. The increase of his responsibility over our lives. The increase of his authority over our lives. The increase of, of, of ruling, amen, and using his authority over our lives. See, the more his government increases, this is very carefully, the more his government increases in my life. What do you mean by that? The more he governs my life, my thoughts, my conversations, my decisions, and my actions, the more peace... I'm going to have. There's a correlation between the increase of his government in your life and the increase of his peace in your life. There's a correlation of the less government he has over you, the less peace you're going to have. Which one do you want? Right? You can be up here or you can be down here. It's your choice and you're the one making the choice. So the more he governs our lives, 
That government is a canopy over us, a place of safety over us, right? It's, a, it's an actual position that we, the lesser, surrender to the greater, not to be hurt or not to be abused or taken advantage of, but simply because he is the greater. And when you understand he is the greater and you surrender to the, as a lesser, surrender to the greater, you are opening yourself up to more of the increase, not only of his government, but more what? More peace. More peace. Man, that's wonderful. I, I pray you're hearing this today. See, most people think lordship is simply calling Jesus Lord. That's only part of it. There are a lot of people that would like Jesus to be Lord over their lives, but are not under his lordship or government. Just because you call him Lord great majority of us in this room have called him Lord. We've declared him as the Lord and Savior over our lives. We've prayed that prayer. We invited him to come into our hearts and forgive us of our sin. And we want the assurance of heaven. We want our lives to be right in the brand new beginnings. We've done that. Many of us have said that. But just because you say he's your Lord doesn't mean you've submitted under his Lordship. It's two different things. It really is. Amen. And it's incomplete if all you've done is declared him Lord without making sure that you're under his canopy of authority. Amen. A lot of Christians call him Lord, but live under their own direction, their own desire, their own power and control. And then they expect God to bless it. His highest and best is realized in our lives when, listen, when we are under his lordship, under his canopy of protection, under his authority. Acts 10.36 helps us here. It says this, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. All always means all. Look it up in the Greek, the Hebrew, the German, the Italian, the, the Portuguese. I don't, right? It means all. Amen. All. So many followers of Christ are on their way to heaven, but live with no peace on earth. What's up with that? It shouldn't be that way. You shouldn't be on your way to heaven and have no peace on earth. You, should be, you shouldn't be on your way to heaven and you have conflict and constant despair and constant being confusion, anxiety, strife and, and tossed to and fro. Too many want the package that he brings without a relationship that goes along with it. How long would you put up with somebody who just wants you because you've got money or a nice car or a nice house or you're a good cook, right? How long would that relationship last? It wouldn't, really, it wouldn't last very long if they, suddenly they really found out you weren't into me at all, right? You just like my car and my puppy um, or, or, or my good looks or my, my, my good cooking, whatever, the, right? It wouldn't last long at all. You'd kick that dude to the curb. You'd say, excuse me, you're hot, but no thank you, right? There's nothing outside of his lordship that will ever bring you peace. I'm going to say it again. There's nothing, say nothing with me. There's nothing outside of his lordship that will bring you peace. In fact, here's the kicker. If you can identify any area of your life where you are not experiencing God's peace, it's most likely an area where Jesus is not Lord over. 
I want to make sure the principles that we give you are measurable. How do we know? We can't just say you need to make him Lord of all and then leave it there. How do we do this? How do we quantify this? How do we measure, am I doing good with this or not? How do we measure that, I, that I'm, I'm working it or it's, I'm not working it? Well, what are the areas of conflict? What are the areas that are always tripping you up? What are the areas where there's always anxiety? Is it bills? Is it your dream? Is it your money? Is it your family? Is it your husband, your wife, your kids? Um, is it school? Is it the mortgage? What is it? What is it that's always trying to trip you up, keeps you up at night, keeps you from not sleeping, keeps you in that place where you're biting your fingernails and you're worrying and you're painting pictures that aren't real and, and, and you're in fear over it and you're in anxiety over it and then you get ulcers over it, you get sick over it. Guess what all that means? All those areas that you can define simply mean Jesus is not Lord over that area. That's how we measure it. That's how we determine, is he Lord over that area? Areas that you have peace in, areas where you just know, man, I, I got it. I, I know this without a shadow of a doubt. Jesus is obvious Lord over that area. So that's how we measure this. That's why this is so important. Amen. Money, health, marriage, children, relationship, business, whatever, your flesh. If you want to restore order and peace in your life, get under his lordship. Amen. Is your money under his lordship? Come on. Well, I'm not sure. How do I know, pastor? Do you tithe? Come on. Oh, I know it gets quiet, but that doesn't bother me. Just telling you the truth. truth. Amen. Are, are you a giver? Yep. Do you bless other people? Is it all about you? I mean, that's how we can tell. And this next verse is a promise you can build your life on. Isaiah 32, verse 17. The fruit of that righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. What does that mean? Well, if you'll submit your life, if you'll submit your money, if you'll submit your marriage, if you'll submit your, your desires, if you'll submit your dreams, if you'll submit your actions, if you'll submit your morals, if you'll submit your character, you will, your will, and your ways under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the fruit of righteousness, righteousness simply means God's way of doing things. That's what righteousness means. It's just God sets a standard. Righteousness means God's way of doing and being. What happens? It will produce peace. It will produce peace. And the effect of that will you'll live a life of quietness and confidence. Just for one day? Just having a good week, whether you're having a good week or not, it'll, it'll, the effects of that over your business, over your marriage, over your life, over your children, over your character will be forever. Wow. I like that. Forever. Forever. Wow. We can go home right there. Yeah. Good afternoon, everybody. Yeah, bless you. Right? We can go home right there. Two more quick thoughts. Number two, how are we going to do this? Walk in the power of peace. Bring Jesus into every situation. Yes. What I simply mean by that is so many have a church life and so many have a normal everyday life. Our goal here at IFC is not just to have an authentic, relevant church that you love coming to and you love bringing your family and visitors to. We want to have a church for people that want to live for Jesus every day of the week, not just Sundays. 
We bring what we discover on Sunday into every area of our lives. We bring Jesus to the office. We bring Jesus to the gym. We bring Jesus to the school. We bring Jesus to your in-laws. Oh, my. We bring Jesus to the long lines at Market Basket and Walmart. We bring Jesus to Route 95 at rush hour. Oh, that hurts my feelings right there, right? That steps on my toes, no doubt, right? You get my point. Let's don't have cultural Christianity where on Sunday we raise our hands. On Sunday we say Jesus, and on Monday we take his name in vain. I know how this works. On Sunday we dress one way, nice and modest, you know, and then throughout the week we dress like, who is that? I've seen some of your pictures on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm thinking, really? What is she advertising? What is she trying to get? I see her on Sunday morning and just praising the Lord and dressed classy and modest and... Wow. I'm thinking, holy moly. Right? We need to bring Jesus into every area of our lives. Amen. Every area of our lives. Not just on some points in time. Amen. I'm not trying to legislate how you should live. I'm just saying there should be some consistency. Amen. If you want peace, if you want God to do a work in your life, amen, you can't just live one way on Sunday and then get high Monday through Saturday. All right. <laughs> Moving right along. Number three, last but not least, number three, keep your mind on Jesus. This is so good. Did you know there are 31,103 verses in the Bible? Now, I didn't take the time to count them. Thank God for Google. Google, don't lie. <laughs> Three, 31,103 verses in the Bible. Sounds like a pretty odd number. I thought so too. Did some investigation and realized it's that way on purpose because it actually creates one verse in the middle of the Bible. Wow, yes, one verse in the middle of the Bible. I thought, you know, God doesn't do anything by accident. He's a master orchestrator. God doesn't waste his time with happenstance or lucky things or whatever, right? So I thought, I wanna know what that verse is in the middle of the Bible. Anybody else wanna know? Oh yeah. What is that verse in the middle of the Bible? Well, here it is. Isaiah 26, 3. You will guard him and keep him in perfect peace and constant peace whose mind is stayed on you because he commits himself or herself to you, leans on you and hopes confidently in you. Imagine that. A verse about peace in the middle of of the Bible. Why is that significant? Because that verse will work for you in the middle of your mess. It'll work for you in the middle of your temptations. It'll work for you in the middle of your challenges, in the middle of your vulnerability, in the middle of your confusion, in the middle of you not showing, sure, which way should I go? And how do I let this go? And how do I overcome? And how do I get free from all these crazy ideas and crazy addictions? In the middle of the Bible, from the beginning to the very end, is a verse about the peace of God and how God wants to help you have peace in 
when your mind is steady, it's not tossed to and fro. It's not one way in the morning and one way in the afternoon, and then at midnight it crashes and burns. No, in the middle of the Bible, like the middle of my mess, I need peace. Woo! Man, that's good. Don't tell me that's by accident. Absolutely not. Amen. Think about him. Love on him. Lean on him. Hope confidently in him. Let him be the center of your life. During this Christmas holiday season, you might be wondering, where in the world is my peace? And you know where you'll find it? Under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us Jesus didn't come to set up peace out here. Read the Bible. It didn't come to make peace between this group and that group. He didn't come for that. He didn't. But he came for you to have peace inside of you. And he felt your peace inside of you was so important and so vital. The message of Christmas is Jesus came to be your Shar Shalom. He came to be the Lord of your rest. He came to be the chief of your tranquility. He came to be the ruler of your favor. He came to be the general of your contentment. And he came to be the one in charge of your wholeness and completeness. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, that's so good this morning. Here's what I'm hoping for you. This is going to sound like a cliche. I don't mean it to be. I'm very sincere when I say this today. That I pray on December 26th. When people are asking you, what'd you get for Christmas? You're showing off your jewelry or your clothes or your toys or whatever it might be that you got for Christmas. You're saying, isn't that a great gift? And, and you're, you're just showing off your gifts and you're feeling blessed and, and grateful for the gifts that you have. Then I pray that alongside of those other gifts, you'll realize the greatest gift I have for the holiday season is peace. Is peace. No greater gift, amen, than there is in peace. What's our big takeaway? We're going home with when life becomes crazy and chaotic to you, what or who do you turn to? My final verse, Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Wow. I'll tell you what. I preached this twice. I am so happy. I get to do it a third time. Can't wait. Never get tired of telling people the truth. Never get tired of helping you focus and get it right, the perspective back in your life today. Jesus is your peace. We had more time. We could make a series just out of this message alone. Man, he's, he's, peace is a fruit of the Spirit. It lives in you. Activate it. Rely on it. And make sure that every area of your life is under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thank God for the power of hope. Last week's message. Thank God for the power of peace. Man, what amazing bookends that becomes in our life. Keeping us together. from Helping us to not fall over and be a mess. But we can walk in certain hope. And we can walk in the peace of God that passes all understanding. Whew. 
Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come on, raise those hands towards heaven. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, will you just declare his name today? Jesus. Oh, Jesus, that name that's above every name. Come on, mention his name today. Jesus. Jesus. Don't be afraid to say it out loud. No one's going to be offended in this room. Jesus. Jesus, my healer. Jesus, my deliverer. Jesus, the captain of my salvation. Jesus, my provider. Jesus, my righteousness. Jesus, my deliverer. Jesus, my Savior, my Lord, my peace, my hope. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, enjoy saying it. Stir yourself up today. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, you are worthy of my praise. You are worthy to receive glory and honor. Jesus, thank you for loving me in the middle of my mess. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. I want to make sure today that everyone in the sound of my voice, whether you're in the room or joining us online, actually from all around the world today, to make sure that Jesus really is your Lord that you really have declared him as your Lord today and that you're longing and desiring to live under his government, his rule. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I've never done it before. I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart. I've heard about him. I know about him. I hear about him at Christmas. But I've never actually opened up my heart and said yes to him. I never really realized the need for him and why it was so important to allow him to live inside of me and let him forgive me from my sin, give me the assurance of heaven. I want a new beginning. There's no other way for a new beginning except through Jesus. I'm going to ask you in a moment to receive him as your Lord. In doing so, I'm not asking you to join a church. It's not about a church. I'm not asking you to join some denomination. It's not about that. I'm not asking you to do anything except open up your heart, open up your door. There's a door on every heart. There's only a knob on your side. There's not a knob on Jesus' side. Only you can open up that door. Only you can say yes. Only you can say, I'm ready. Only you can say, by an act of my own will, I'm ready now. I'm ready to take that step. We saw people being baptized in water today. All that was was a public display of already an inward decision. That was their coming out party, if you will, saying, you know what, I'm going to serve God all the days of my life. I'm going to publicly determine it and publicly declare it. That's what they did today. And we celebrate each one of them today. But your journey is just about to start. It's a spiritual journey. We want to help you on this spiritual journey. There's a lot of twists and turns to this journey. We want to come alongside and help you in the most important journey of your life, this journey with God. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a moment, those of you who say yes, not to embarrass you or even ask you to come forward. I'm not going to do any of that. You're going to raise your hand because you're saying, I'm ready now. My hand says, by an act of my own will, nobody's coercing me. It's not an emotional thing. I'm saying, yes, I am ready to start this journey, ready 
to have certain hope in my life, ready to walk in the power of peace today. That's what that hand means. So I'm going to ask you, do you need Jesus today? You need your sins forgiven? You want to be right with God? You want a new beginning? There's only one way. Love has a name, and his name is Jesus. And it's at you. Will you raise your hand nice and high today? Who is it? Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. All the way. Thank you. Good for you. Who else? Raise it up high today. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, ushers. Who else? Raise it up high. All the way in back. Yeah, thank you. I see it. God bless you. Who else? Wonderful. I love that hands are going up today. Amen. That's a present that shouldn't be left under the tree. A present of salvation should be opened and open every moment possible. Praise God. Opening that present today and declare him as your Lord. Anybody else today? That's me, Pastor. I'm going to pray in just a moment. Thank you, Father. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I open it to you. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. You really suffered. You shed every drop of your blood for me. Thank you for not staying dead. Thank you that you're alive and well. Now I invite you to come into my heart and make me alive and well. Forgive me for my sin. I denounce my past. I declare you as my Lord. I submit under your Lordship today. I receive by faith forgiveness, salvation, eternal life. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, check out intlfamilychurch.com or follow us on Instagram. Our mission statement at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.